AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Thanks for joining us on the Bloomberg Business of Sports show, where we explore the big old money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. Welcome back, Michael Barr. Thank you. So nice to me. I was bragging on you just a second ago. It's like, by the way, we got a guest in here. We got to, we got to say hello. <laughs> so bring her in. Okay, uh, we have Trista Law, who is sitting here with us. She's an intern with Bloomberg, and she's uh, listening in and helping out on the podcast today. Done made your debut on the air. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Damien is off for this interview, and uh, we're in the home stretch of the NBA season, and there are a lot of interesting storylines to talk about. Yeah, this past week, Memphis Grizzlies star John Morant returned to the court from his suspension that, of course, stemmed from some troubling behavior. He was caught on video in a social media post with a gun in a compromising position at a strip club. Here's John Morant addressing the media for the first time after the suspension, talking about what he's doing to help make things and better choices. Just being, you know, more responsible, you know, more smarter um, is pretty much it for me. Um, obviously, you know, I made mistakes in the past that, you know, caused a lot of, you know, negative attention, um, not only to me, but, you know, my family as well, you know, my team, you know, the organization. And, um, I'm completely sorry for that. Um, so, you know, my job now is, like I said, to, you know, be you know, more responsible, more smarter, and, you know, don't cause any of that no more. We also recently heard from another NBA superstar, Damian Lillard. He was on the Old Man and the Three podcast, and he told former player J.J. Redick that he thinks younger players entering the league are, in his words, entitled. When I came in the league, you had to earn not just what you get from the team or, like, the respect you had to, like, you had to earn your space on the team. You know, it was no, oh, you the sixth pick of the draft. It's your team. Like, it, what is this your team stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think now the biggest difference is you don't have that veteran presence. Portland Trailblazers star Damian Lillard on the Old Man and the Three podcast calling out young players. Well, on the Old Man and the Scarlet Foo show <laughs> to take us through some of those headlines, plus to get a feel for where the league is heading, we bring in the executive director of the National Basketball Players Association, Tamika Tremalio. Tamika, we got a lot of lot of stuff to cover here, but I, I want to talk about uh, Ja Morant. Uh, and there was, uh, let's just say, it was uh, a judgment in uh, that he made an error, and he's trying to correct it. Now, what I what I am going to talk about is that he just signed a deal, including I think Coca Cola. Uh, that you know, there's true. They, they want to see you know what John's going to do and and how he's going to correct things. Uh, he's trying to to make things better. Let's put it that way. 
No, absolutely, and agree. First of all, you know, forgive me, Krista, because I did not say hello to you as well. I know you have your intern in the studio today, and just like at the union, we're always interested in making sure we're bringing other people up, so I'm delighted to see that we share that same value system. So, as you know, at the union, we are involved with the players both on and off the court. And, you know, while I can't comment on specific matters, I think that Ja has clearly taken ownership of what has occurred. And, you know, even companies like Coke look for authenticity with regards to, you know, human beings, quite frankly. And I and I think that Ja has done what he needed to do in terms of apologizing to the family, teammates, the coaches, the fans, the Grizzlies, the community. Um, He's also recognized that this is a very human element and that he is human and that he is now moving in the right direction. And at the union, we're here to support him and to make sure that he makes better decisions going forward. So I think we're all happy about where we are. We also, as you know, have mental health doctors here that are assisting our players because it's a really challenging environment with lots of expectations and so we want to be there to support them, even in difficult times. That makes total sense. I, I wonder what uh, your take is on what Damian Lillard said, too, about how sometimes the younger players don't have enough veterans mentoring them. Uh, from the NBPA's point of view, what could be done or might need to be done when it comes to perhaps pairing up younger players who have a lot to learn still about how to conduct uh, life in the public eye with uh, more experienced players? You know, so really great question, Scarlett. And to be quite honest, you know, at the union, we really wrap our arms around them, right? So that includes everything from, you know, the time, the moment that they start until the moment that the ball stops dribbling for them, right? And first of all, all of our players recognize how important it is to have our veteran players. Every single one of our rookies have had the experience of having someone mentor and guide them. And so they are a critical part of every single team. And so even as we think about, you know, potentially bringing on players at an even younger age, it becomes even more important, right, Mm -hmm. that the veteran players are playing a role and that they're part of the solution. Because what we want to see in the union is not just that someone is able to enter the league, but that someone's going to be successful in the league. And we know that to be successful, Successful, you have to have the right mentorship and guidance. And speaking of that, and I, I don't care if it's basketball or it's football or whatever, when a young player comes into the league and they make it to the pros and, you, and you've got a boatload of money coming at you, mm-hmm. there are two ways you can handle it. One way is be smart about it, listen to your mentors about what's going on, or you can just, you know, throw it all away. And, and I just wonder, uh, the league has been doing a lot to help the young players coming in to handle their money. Uh, what do you see down the future with that? So you are correct that that is, it, it's a, not only is it a tremendous amount of pressure, but it's also something that we really need to be well educated on. And so our rookie transition program, which is something that's done along with the NBA, is very much focused on financial literacy. So we spend a significant amount of time with them understanding the value. And as you know, Michael, this is my area of expertise, right? So I'm always focused on sort of how can we make the dollars go further? How can we create generational wealth? Mm -hmm. And so it has been critically important that our players understand that their lifespan or expectancy is 
4.7 years or thereabouts. And so how do you make this last for the long run? Where do you invest it? And so we have not only are we doing this from an educational standpoint, because I know we all appreciate that it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to see people actually practicing it. And we have people on our executive committee, our board of player reps, et cetera, who live these value systems and try to instill them in our players as well. So people like Andre, who spend a significant time in investing, et cetera, he's been a real pillar for our younger players to make sure that they understand finances and that they understand how to make those dollars go much longer. Yeah, I, I think especially as younger players come into the league, they ha- now have NIL under their belt too. So their exposure to um, all that money comes a lot sooner than it used to in years past. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Tamika, I I, want to broaden out our conversation here because um, the current collective bargaining agreement uh, is going to be coming up soon. It expires after the 2023 to 2024 NBA season. So I wanted you to just give us a sense of the mood of the NBPA um, in terms of players' uh, perspectives. Are they happy with how the game is going, how the business of the game uh, is unfolding? What do they think about the game schedules, their salaries, their exposure that they're currently getting? Yeah, so thank you, Scarlett, for that question, because you are right. It is a very complex issue, right? It is not just salary. It is not just game schedule. There are so many things. The current collective bargaining agreement is over 500 pages, so it encompasses a, a lot. And I think people forget that it is not just an economic issue. It's also about their benefits. It's how right. you know they're protected and how are we being safe. And our players, first of all, are incredibly engaged. So we have an executive committee and we have a board of player reps. Our executive committee is on it. We speak 
every single day about these topics, particularly because we're coming up on a deadline of March 31st, so next week. And so there are lots of things that are coming to the forefront. And we are making progress. But as you can imagine, that it is, we are in the heat of it. And so we're working very hard to get it done by that time period. I know I'm going off the board a little bit here, and I'm shifting a little bit. But I want to give a shout-out to Willis Reed. And he just passed recently, the great Knicks player. Uh, and, and for people who may not be aware of who he is, everybody in New York knows who he is. Anybody in basketball who's fo- who follows it closely knows who he is. Willis Reed in the 1970 NBA Finals. It's the Knicks against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And Willis Reed, he tore a muscle in, in his leg. And I'm thinking, well, there's no way in the world he's going to come back out. So here it is, game seven. And all of a sudden, and I'm watching this as a little boy, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I think we see Willis coming out. Here comes Willis. And the crowd is going wild. Now, I'm a native Detroiter, so, of course, I was rooting for the Pistons. But, you know, if I I saw Willis Reed, he was he just gutted it out, limping on the court. He only put up four points, but boy, those four points in the heart and soul that mm-hmm. he gave the Knicks, that's what gave the Knicks their first NBA championship. And Tamika, I just wanted to give a shout out to Willis Reed and, and what you can add to it. Thank you so much. It is so kind of you to mention the captain today in your conversation. You know, he is a legend for certain. He is an icon, obviously, amongst the Knicks, but I think amongst all of our players. Um, We have done many things to really sing his praises over the last, you know, week or so, but the reality is it's something that lives within all of our players. They see the perseverance and they see the triumph that resulted as a result of all of his hard work. So, you know, we, we do pay homage to them and i'm grateful that you took the opportunity to do the same so thank you very much yeah i mean it's it it taught me a lesson as a little boy it's like you know and we were kind of talking about this earlier uh this morning that you know when you're out there and maybe your back hurts or you know i don't want to go to school and this and that and then you know you have your parents say well let's read two words and it's like okay i'm ready to go (laughs) and and he boy he taught me a lot about heart and just go ahead and do it and, and gut it out, Scarlett. It's, it, I just, Timeless lessons, Michael is. Barr. Timeless lessons. Um, Tamika, I, I want to get your take also on how the ownership structure uh, of all professional sports teams is changing now. We know the NBA was the first U.S. league to allow private equity funds to take stakes in its teams, and now it'll allow even more institutional investors to assume passive investments, such as sovereign wealth funds. I'm curious from where you sit, what that means for the players. How are they thinking through this, or how are you guiding them in thinking through this? How uh, team ownership changes, how the demands on the players might change with uh, a different kind of investors now involved? Yes, so Scarlett, thank you. Great question. And first, I will just um, suggest to you with regards to Michael, I think when you talk about how you're feeling about the captain, I will also say I tell my boys every single day that resilience is a muscle, right? And I, I think that it's... Good point. Um, 
challenges that we go through to sort of recognize that. So, um, again, thank you for sharing that. And, Scarlett, with regards to your question, absolutely, this is a priority. It was clear to me even before I took on this role that was a phenomenal thing that we were seeing private equity enter into this space, which historically had not been done. And our players understand it, right? And they understand the significance of it and what it means to them. So we've had numerous conversations. As you know, the current collective bargaining agreement does not allow um, for investment in teams. And so this is something that's a priority for us is that we are letting, you know, PE firms in. Mm-hmm. Is this something as well. So for certain, it's something that is top of mind. And we've seen the value, you know, exponential. We don't have a profit sharing program with the NBA. We have a revenue sharing program. So as we think about, you know, how can we grow the pie, particularly for our players, this is something that we are obviously exploring as well. Let's talk about something that is a little bit more fun when we talk about basketball and institutional investors is not fun it, well it, it <laughs> is you know if, if it's <laughs> you know it, but, it, but it's got to be the right <laughs> moment yeah, you know it's got to be there you know? and, but but what it, i i just you know as fans watching basketball to me it's the perfect sport because it's about a little over two and a half hours. You can get in, you can get out, you can enjoy the game. The beauty, the grace. Oh yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And you know, it's it, it's Tamika. I just think basketball is the perfect product, and that's why you're not only seeing basketball, pro ball, not just obviously here in the U.S., but in China and in other countries as well. I agree. It is the perfect sport. I've never heard anyone <laughs> classify it that way, but I love it, and I think that's why I have loved it all my life. It I think Tamika will use that line from sport. you now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for letting me borrow it. <laughs> I, you know, but following on Michael's point, he he brings up a good point, which is basketball is really it shines not just in the United States but around the world, and I mean after international football, uh, soccer, as we call it here in the U.S., it is the most popular sport in the world. How do you look at what soccer has done and learn from it? Um, maybe look at some of the best practices that that football, international football uh, has put in place that the NBA, the NBPA can implement as well. So you're right. I mean, they really have been a role model for how it is done. And as you know, we now have 25% of our players in the NBA are are international. So Mm -hmm. we have seen this shift. And so that is changing the dynamic for us. We also spend a significant amount of our time look in the global market and looking at expansion there. So whether it is in Africa, as you know, is something that's a priority for the NBA and is a big focus. But in addition, just looking at it even for training. So here at the NBPA, we have two out international programs that we host every year. One that's in Milan, and that's at the Bocconi School, which is a you know top business school in Europe. And we spend time with our players who are interested in entrepreneurship, et cetera. And they spend time in that marketplace with leaders, with business titans in that space. And then in Andalusia, Spain, we spend time there from a wellness perspective, where we are going through their training facilities and looking at new sports treatments, et cetera. So it is not only a space that we're looking for expanding the game, but it's a space that we're looking for expanding even our business opportunities as well. I know a lot of people in the NBA follow this, so I have to bring this up. Uh, The NCAA men's brackets, Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Can I use the phrase mine is like shot the hell? Oh, can I say that? Oh, well, I just did. And (laughs) I mean, but it is exciting to watch. And I bring it up because there is uh, a young man for the Purdue Boilermakers, Boilermakers. Zach Eady. And he is 7'4", 300 pounds. And I saw him take the basketball. It looked like an orange in his hand. (laughs) And that young man... I, it's no question to me that he's going to make it in the pros. And I just wanted your thoughts about uh, that young man. Uh, unfortunately, Purdue got eliminated right in round one, but I think he's going to make it and just continue on. Well, in general, I have certainly enjoyed watching the tournament, and he's he's a great player. I mean, you know, he's incredibly tall. He's very skilled. You know, I don't know what his future will be, but I, I'm excited and enjoy watching how much he is enjoying the game, quite frankly, and the competition. Tamika, you have been so kind, and, and I just want to take the time out. And I know, see, we only said 10 minutes, and then I, I get to just, you know, blabbing, and I apologize. So, <laughs> Tamika Tramalio, she is the executive director of the National Basketball Players Association. You are so kind to join us. Thank you for talking with us on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Thank you, Michael and Scarlett. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. You are listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore some of the big old money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Foo. Hey, by the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And you can follow me on Twitter at Scarlett Foo. You are listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.